Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this fourth Thursday after Epiphany, the 1st of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 28, Psalm 48, Zechariah chapter 11, verses 4 through 17, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 18, and paragraph 75 through 87 of part 5 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 28th Psalm. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock be not deaf to me. Lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors, while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work, and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands, Render them their due reward, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people, and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd, and carry them forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 48th Psalm. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled, they came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic, they took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen, in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. 
Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Zechariah, and we will be reading the 11th chapter, verses 4 through 17. Thus said the Lord my God, Become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter, those who buy them slaughter them and go unpunished. And those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, I have become rich, and their own shepherds have no pity on them. For I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land, declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall into the hand of his neighbor, and each into the hand of his king, and they shall crush the land, and I will deliver none from their hand. So I became the shepherd of the flock doomed to be slaughtered by the sheep traders, and I took two staffs, one I named Favor, the other I named Union, and I tended the sheep. In one month I destroyed the three shepherds, but I became impatient with them, and they also detested me. So I said, I will not be your shepherd. What is to die, let it die. What is to be destroyed, let it be destroyed. And let those who are left devour the flesh of one another. And I took my staff favor, and I broke it, annulling the covenant that I had made with all the peoples. So it was annulled on that day, and the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages thirty pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord, to the potter. Then I broke my second staff union, annulling the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed, or seek the young, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hoofs. Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock! May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Second Timothy, and we will be reading the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 18. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth, and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me again, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, 
Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the nations might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 5, paragraph 75 through 87. But if you say, What then shall I do if I cannot feel such distress or experience hunger and thirst for the sacrament? Answer, for those who are of such a mind that they do not realize their condition, I know no better counsel than that they put their hand into their shirt to check whether they have flesh and blood. And if you find that you do, then go for your good to St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Hear what sort of a fruit your flesh is. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Therefore, if you cannot discern this, at least believe the Scriptures. They will not lie to you, and they know your flesh better than you yourself. Yes, St. Paul further concludes in Romans 7.18, I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. If St. Paul may speak this way about his flesh, we cannot assume to be better or more holy than he. But the fact that we do not feel our weakness just makes things worse. It is a sign that there is a leprous flesh in us that cannot feel anything, and yet the leprosy rages and keeps spreading. As we have said, if you are quite dead to all sensibility, still believe the Scriptures, which pronounce sentence upon you. In short, the less you feel your sins and infirmities, the more reason you have to go to the sacrament, to seek help and a remedy. In the second place, look around you, see whether you are also in the world, or if you do not know it, ask your neighbors about it. If you are in the world, do not think that there will be lack of sins and misery. Just begin to act as though you would be godly and cling to the gospel. See whether no one will become your enemy, and furthermore, do you harm, wrong, and violence, and likewise give you cause for sin and vice. If you have not experienced this, then let the Scriptures tell you about it, which everywhere give this praise and testimony about the world. Besides this, you will also have the devil about you. You will not entirely tread him underfoot, because our Lord Christ himself could not entirely avoid him. Now what is the devil? Nothing other than what the Scriptures call him, a liar and a murderer. He is a liar to lead the heart astray from God's word and to blind it, so that you cannot feel your distress or come to Christ. He is a murderer who cannot bear to see you live one single hour. If you could see how many knives, 
darts and arrows are every moment aimed at you, you would be glad to come to the sacrament as often as possible. But there is no reason why we walk about so securely and carelessly, except that we neither think nor believe that we are in the flesh and in this wicked world or in the devil's kingdom. Therefore, try this and practice it well. Be sure to examine yourself, or look about you a little, and just keep to the scriptures. If even then you still feel nothing, you have even more misery to regret both to God and to your brother. Then take this advice, and have others pray for you. Do not stop until the stone is removed from your heart. Then indeed the distress will not fail to become clear, and you will find that you have sunk twice as deep as any other poor sinner. You are much more in need of the sacrament, against the misery which, unfortunately, you do not see. With God's grace, you may feel your misery more and become hungrier for the sacrament, especially since the devil doubles his force against you. He lies in wait for you, without resting, so that he can seize and destroy you, soul and body. You are not safe from him for one hour. How soon he can have you brought suddenly into misery and distress when you least expect it. Let this then be said for encouragement, not only for those of us who are old and grown, but also for the young people, who ought to be brought up in Christian doctrine and understanding. Then the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer might be taught to our youth more easily. Then they would receive them with pleasure and seriousness, and so they would use them from their youth and get used to them. For the old are now nearly past this opportunity, so these goals and others cannot be reached unless we train the people who are to come after us and succeed us in our office and work. We should do this in order that they also may bring up their children successfully, so that God's word and the Christian church may be preserved. Therefore, let every father of a family know that it is his duty, by God's order and command, to teach these things to his children, or to have the children learn what they ought to know. Since the children are baptized and received into the Christian church, they should also enjoy this communion of the sacrament, in order that they may serve us and be useful to us. They must all certainly help us to believe, love, pray, and fight against the devil. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud. If you are somewhere, it would be reasonable to do so. But praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.